Homeland Security Department is a big department founded on a big idea, how to better secure the country in a new age ushered in on 9-11. At the moment, though, many of DHS's most senior positions, those normally occupied by political appointees and some senior career people, are vacant. A longtime observer of federal administration says several possible answers do exist. Bob Tobias is a professor in the key executive leadership program at American University, and he joins me now. And I guess, Bob, your theme today is not just having leadership in place, but some way of sustaining leadership so that the mission gets taken care of. That's correct. There's a great deal of focus on filling the the top political jobs, which is extremely important because they set the tone. They interact with the White House, they interact with OMB, they get funding and so forth. But there's an insufficient focus on the people who manage day-to-day, year-to-year, and administration-to-administration. That's the real challenge, and there's little focus on that. I mean, that's really a function of retention and hiring and somehow inculcating in the idea that it's okay to be in one place for a long time. You can do some good. Exactly. And also, um, there's some discussion these days about creating a chief management officer at DHS who would have a a term of office, uh, say five years, to see programs through from start to finish. So, for example, if um, if you're in the organization that approves asylum seekers, um, there's the policy about how you um, approve them. But once the policy is set, do you have enough people to do the interviews? Do you have the support of 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 the do you have the IT support necessary to track what you're doing? And the answer to those questions is no. Who's paying attention to that? No one. It's really a function of planning in many ways. I recall in a totally different domain many years ago, the uh, chief technologist at Social Security. This was way back in the mainframe computing days. Well, they still are there at SSA. But he said they would take the statistics based on how many people were going to retire, how many people would be disabled, and they have very good actuaries that know these numbers. And he said we knew exactly over the next several years what our workload would be with respect to signing in people, creating accounts for them, and writing them checks periodically. And therefore, they could plan their IT capacity, and they had a very sound basis for their capital requests based on what the actuaries and what the agency knew would be the future workload. That sounds like the type of process you're talking about. I am. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's not only uh, describing how many you need, but actually carrying out the plan. Um, You know, federal government is full of plans, but implementation of the plans is the key. And so far at DHS, um, they're having a lot of trouble implementing plans, simple plans like how do we increase the scores on the Federal Employee Viewpoint Survey? There have been a series of plans, each of which have changed on a year-to-year basis. Um, if you're going to actually have change, that change has to be managed uh, with discipline over a period of time. And with the constant changes, that hasn't happened. And so who can make that happen? How can it be made to happen, I guess, is maybe a better question. Well, I think this idea of a chief management officer at DHS is a good one because it would not be a person responsible for creating public policy, but rather ensuring that the policy is actually implemented uh, over time. 
So even as the politicals would come and go, and and that's another issue, as the political leadership comes in, often they have this desire to impose a new regime, and therefore you get these brand new strategic plans. But what difference does it make if there's no sustainment of the uh, push to carry out those plans and make them reality? Exactly. Uh, I don't know exactly what percentage of uh, activities at DHS are um, policy creation, but somewhere around 10 to 15 percent. And the balance is public policy implementation, the, the grunt work, the blocking, the tackling, the ensuring that the IT is updated and available to people who need it. Now, that is not creating policy. That's not headlines. The only headlines that occur is when there's a screw-up. We're speaking with Bob Tobias, professor in the Key Executive Leadership Program at American University. And this comes up when discussing DHS management in a lot of forums, and that is how many congressional committees have some say over some aspect of DHS? Well, right now, um, there are 108 committees that have say over what happens in DHS, either in terms of authorization, appropriations, or oversight. It's very, very difficult for someone at DHS to not only meet with members of 108 committees, but to take direction from people who are telling them what to do, often giving them conflicting advice. So it seems to me that Congress has to take some of the responsibility for consolidating authorization, appropriation, and oversight. This comes up in a lot of different agencies' discussions, too, which have multiple missions and missions that are quite diverse, too. I mean, in many ways, DHS might be the most diverse agency of all. It has a large unit called the Coast Guard that is really military in in almost every aspect. And then FEMA has nothing to do with terrorism. And then there's the whole cybersecurity, border, and terrorism aspect and transportation. It it's almost seems as if there is no single point of committee, though, that could oversee something that, that diverse. Well, um you know, the Department of Defense has four committees, two authorizing, two appropriating, and an oversight. Um, DOD is a pretty complicated organization with a whole lot of people. Um, I think they could do it in DHS if Congress really wanted to do it. I guess you could say the same thing about Veterans Affairs, which is actually larger than Homeland Security in terms of numbers of employees. It's about twice as big. I don't think it's twice as big, but it's large, and they don't have 108 committees, um, and VA takes uh, direction from Congress, and DHS would do the same. The the wide-ranging committees with wide-ranging interests, those committees focus on such a narrow sliver of DHS and give advice that might be in contrast to what is trying to be accomplished uh, across DHS. So it's a mess. And they also impose the requirements for various reports. Congress knows it requires too many reports, and it knows that Institutionally, most of them don't get read, and yet sometimes they do a little trim back and they'll take out, you know, three or four out of a hundred reports they require. Well, each of these committees requires testimony by someone from DHS. Someone has to prepare it. Someone has to give it. Someone has to keep track of what is required. Just think of that. 108 congressional committees with all of those members. I have no idea how many members there are, but a lot. They all have different ideas. So if I'm a DHS, if I'm the secretary of DHS, or I'm a career person in DHS, I really have a difficult time keeping track 
of the um, congressional requirements of my job. And getting back to that idea of a chief management officer, what kind of person? I mean, that's a fairly new title in the lexicon of management fads that have come over the decades. And you would think, well, the secretary is the chief management officer or the deputy secretary, I guess, more accurately. So what's the difference between a deputy secretary and a and a chief management officer? In a smaller agency, a deputy secretary can be a chief management officer. But in an organization that is as broad as DHS is, a non-political chief management officer, I don't mean non-political in the sense that they wouldn't be appointed by the president, but non-political, that they would be focused on public policy implementation rather than public policy creation for a period of time to ensure that the policies get implemented. Yes, with a statutory term, then they're less subject to the political whims of the moment, which we've seen with the secretaries of Homeland Security lately. That's correct. So the secretaries and the deputy secretaries in organizations as large as DHS focus on public policy creation. Someone has to focus on managing the organization. Bob Tobias is a professor in the Key Executive Leadership Program at American University. As always, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand and on your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. You made it. Checked out of office to check into the sweet views of this place where the kids aren't asking for the Wi-Fi. Mom, can we go to the pool? And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it.